Amen. So, we're in our series, No More Fear. No more fear. No more dread. No more anxiety. No more fretting. No more frustration. All of those things are directly related to and are synonyms of what fear is. And all, all of those different words that I mentioned to you right now play a different part in how fear tries to control people's lives. But what is fear after? I've said this to you many, many, many times. I say it again. Fear comes to you in the form of thoughts trying to convince you that what you see, how you feel, how something appears to be is more real than the promises of God. And we're here preaching the Word. We're here to receive the Word. We're here daily to apply the Word in our lives so that in our lives we can be living testimonies that God's Word is real. People are not going to know God from just reading the Bible. They're not going to know God from reading the Bible only. Yeah, you need to read the Bible. You need to pray. You need to be in the Word. But they need, people need to see it working in other people's lives. People need to meet fear-free people. Say, that's me. Amen. I mean, you, you don't start declaring that you're free from all fear when the fear is gone. You start declaring it today. Amen? There's no day like the present to begin to make a fear-free environment be the one that you're going to live in, no matter what, no matter what other people think. People are not our greatest enemy. It just seems sometimes like they are, but they're not. They're not your enemy. And, And I want to look at who the real enemy is tonight, which is the devil himself and his, his demon forces, okay? <clears throat> the devil's demons are a third of the angels that were kicked out of heaven when Lucifer, who we know as Satan, was kicked out of heaven. He was, he was the archangel. He was the worship leader in heaven. And, you know, some stupid reason he thought he could take over or something, he got booted out and a third of the angels with him. Those angels have never multiplied. It's the same dumb bunch of angels that got kicked out of heaven, you know, that we know of some between six, 7,000 years ago uh, that we know of. We're not sure of the, of the actual dates of that, when that actually happened, but somewhere, maybe that time or maybe even farther back. But whenever they got booted out, there was a third of the angels. So that means there's two-thirds of the angels on our side. Man, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just flooding with good news tonight. Amen? I mean, good news. Huh? Our provision project is met, and we have two-thirds of the angels fighting on our behalf. Come on. It, it's a win-win. But you've got to believe that, but you'll never believe it if you don't understand it. First, you have to understand. Two-thirds of the angels are fighting for us every day if we know how to release them and command them to work on our behalf. The Bible says that the angels work and are released in the earth through those who are the heirs of salvation. Wow, he's talking about me. How about you? Amen. We have the authority 
to command angels. We have the authority to say this, according to Psalm 91. Father, I thank you that your angels encamp around about me. They protect me in all of my ways. They bear me up in their hands, lest anything come against me. I believe that today. Angels, I release you. Every time you're going to take a trip, every time that your children leave in the morning to go to school, they go somewhere else, they travel somewhere, they could, somebody you know of is driving to San Antonio. Father, I thank you. Those angels, angels, I command you, prepare the way. And you know what it does over time when you really believe that that's working and operating? It delivers you of all fear. Right. See, see, a lot of people won't go someplace because of fear. So somebody will check the weather. Well, I can't go there. Why? Well, because I, I, I could die. Why? Well, because there was a sighting of a tornado. Okay, I mean, you can use wisdom about something, but who's the greatest wisdom? The greatest wisdom you will ever get in life is from the voice of the Holy Ghost. That's right. See, so if I'm not going to go somewhere because of bad weather, it's because he said, not because fear said, you better not go, you could die. Amen. Well, you never know. I mean, people have drowned. Well, people have done a lot of things, but that doesn't change God's word. That's but right. the devil's working overtime to convince us that it, it changes God's word. No, 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 you got to look at what you see. You heard what the weatherman said. Well, I got to cancel my whole trip. Why? Well, because of what they said. Uh, you know, I, I haven't flown out of the country very much, but a few times, and it seems like every time I've flown out of the country, something bad's happened <laughs> where I was going. Like something happened, and, and I could say, well, man, I can't go there now. Man, there was a bomb went off. Man, if you live in Israel, and you don't do something because a bomb went off, you would never do anything. <laughs> or some other country. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't use wisdom, because there was another time that I was supposed to go to, uh, where was I going? With Richard? Somewhere. I, don't know, I was going to some other country with a friend of mine. We had this whole trip planned out. We were preaching to a bunch of pastors and stuff in another country. And uh, he called me one day. He said, you know what? He said, I don't know why. He said, I've never done this. He's traveled to some 60, 70 countries, my friend, Richard Perenchik. And he said, I don't know why, but I, I don't have peace about going. And, and my wife, I had told, she and I had talked about it beforehand, and there was just something unsettling about it. Well, a few weeks after that, when he called me, he said, I'm just not sure. He said, I'm, I'm talking to these people. Well, some major war broke out in this country that we were going to. And had we, and we had decided to go, not to go, but it wasn't because of the war, it's because of the Holy Ghost. Right. Had we gone, we would have been in a really ugly place. God knew it. See, ahead of time. We didn't go because we heard of a war. We didn't go because the Holy Ghost said. See, there's a huge difference. So see, you can go anywhere and do anything. The safest place to be on the planet is where God wants you. See, but fear will always tell you different. Always. Always. I, I saw something. It's amazing how things come out of the Word. I mean, we've, talked, we've read this verse of Scripture over and over and over and over and over again. And now I saw something else. So i got to share this with you. Psalm 34, 4. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. <clears throat> the 
David said, I saw it, inquired of the Lord, and, and required him of necessity and on the authority of his word, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. David being delivered of all his fears is a little different on this side of the cross for us. Because through the blood of Jesus, we've already been delivered of all of our fears. Okay? But I saw something right there in, in that parentheses. Of necessity and on the authority of his word. David went before the Lord on the authority of his word, and he was delivered of all fear. Listen to me. You and I have been delivered of all fear. When we get the revelation of God's word on it, and we go before the Lord on the authority of his word, fear has no right to remain. When we're going trying to get God to feel sorry for us and feel bad for us, we're going in the wrong motive because now we're, now, listen, we've all done it. You, you can be in a place where you're trying to beg God to do something for you when he's already done it. God doesn't want us coming to him trying to get him to do something. He wants us to come to him to receive what he's already done. See, that's where we play a part in being set free of fear. On the authority of God's word. Like I was saying earlier about the angels of God. Father, you said, I have the authority to command your angels to work on my behalf. According, you, you go read in Hebrews chapter 1 and it'll talk about the angels of God and the authority that we have. Angels, I release you to prepare my way. When I, I just drove 10 hours there and 10 hours back when I was preaching in northern New Mexico uh, a week or so ago. I was preaching there, and as I, before I went, we agreed and I prayed that the angels of God would go before me, prepare my way the whole time I'm there and all the way back home. Now see, what did I do that? I did that on the authority of God's word. I didn't do that in fear, hoping that God was going to hear me. See, when you don't believe that God hears what you say then you don't get what you ask because he said that. Time and time again, he sa he's said that in the scriptures. We have to believe that we have a right to receive that. I have a right to expect a protected trip. I, I mean, and, and, and you know, you have, to, you have to shut thoughts down because thoughts will come and say things to you, yeah, but... but I know another person that was a good Christian, and they went on a trip, and they died. I know people that have been on trips, and their car wrecked, and they died. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm, I, I, if you find yourself in pride thinking that you're better than someone else, someone crashed in their car or an airplane crash or something happened and they, they passed away, and then you're going to compare your life that I prayed and I went on a trip and I didn't die, you know? Well, they just don't have any faith. I, you, you get involved in that kind of stuff, and you, you're, you're treading on some really serious, in, in a real serious area, on some really 
shaky ground because it's not about how, how strong your faith is. It's how strong your faith is in the fact that he did what he said. Right. See, and, and that's why it's so important that you preach things like this, that we preach things, and then we pray for you that revelation is coming to you about what this really means. See, we're not in, in this comparison thing. You have compassion on people, whatever, but it doesn't change the word. I can't use someone else's experience as a measuring stick for how I'm going to believe the word of God. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I can believe that because, well, this happened. No, I, I've got to clear my mind of all of it. And I've got to believe the word of God because I can't give fear any place. I sought the Lord. I believed he heard me on the authority of his word, and he delivered me of all fear. It's a constant process. No matter what comes up, I don't care how many victories over fear you've had in the past, I promise you there's other fear attacks that are directed right at your life, but if it worked there, it'll work here because the reason it worked is because you believe the word. So see, I don't have to be afraid of the next attack. I have to be confident that the word works always. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he heard, if he heard David's request, he'll hear my request. If he did it for David on that side of the cross, how much more will he do for me on this side? I'm delivered of all fear. All fear. Now watch this. Two things that I want to drive home in the next 30 minutes. 27 minutes. Let's look at, let's, okay, just real quickly, I'm going to read a bunch of scripture, but I'm going to pull out a couple of them as I'm reading it. I just can't, I just don't want to go directly to the verse, I want to read a little bit, so just watch me. Ephesians 6. We're talking about being delivered of all fear. Ephesians 6 and um, verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, his ability, in other words. Put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles or the schemes or the tricks of the devil. What's the number one trick of the devil? Trying to get you to be moved by what you see instead of believing the promise of God, right? How do we do that? By being strong in the things of God. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, people are not your issue. So what, what does that mean to you and I today that people are not my issue? Well, what that means to me is if somebody is an issue in my life today, I'm fighting the wrong battle. If somebody's an issue in your life today, you're focused on the wrong thing. Well, Pastor, what do I do? Just ignore it? No. No. I'm going to tell you in a minute how you deal with it. 
We wrestle not with flesh and blood, not against people. They're not the issue. If they're the focus, if somebody is your focus, you're, you're, on the, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, therefore, because we wrestle not against flesh, but against principalities, so what does that mean? I'm, I'm not wrestling against somebody I can see. I'm wrestling against somebody I can't see. Well, Pastor, I mean, you know, how do you do that? <laughs> Therefore, because my battle is not based on what I see or things that I see, my battle is in the unseen realm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Watch this. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. What evil day? Whatever day. There's not a day on planet earth that there's not something evil that's going on. And having done all to stand, stand. How? Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness, right? Which is truth. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace, which is what? Truth. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you're able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the truth, right? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Wow. What is it actually saying? Okay. Break it down just real quickly. My battle is not in what I can see. My battle is in the unseen. So if I'm spending my time watching movies all the time, I'm spending my time just all I think about is the next vacation I can take. I'm spending no time in the Word. I'm spending no time developing the Word, learning to pray. I've been talking to you for the last few months. I'm not saying you're not. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking like down to you. I'm, saying, I'm just saying in general, okay, I've been talking to you about praying the Ephesians 1 and 3 prayer, the Colossians prayer, over yourself and over other people. The reason being is because those prayers have words from the Word of God that cause me to be aware of things in the supernatural that I wouldn't be aware of if what all I'm doing is natural things. Because my battle is not with the natural, but yet it appears like it's with the natural. People look like they're the problem. They look like, Joey, you know exactly what you did. Right? But they don't. And see, if that's where I stay, if I stay mad and spitting and fuming and focusing and all that kind of stuff, then I'm not dealing with what the real issue is and what the real enemy is, and it's in the spirit realm. Right. And natural information will not give you spiritual revelation. Natural information will not give you spiritual information. You don't know, you will not know how to deal with principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Four different levels and groups of those 
that third of the angels that are in the earth, and they operate in different ways. Satan, Lucifer himself, is the archangel, the top dude. He's not everywhere. He's not omnipresent like God is. He's not everywhere at one time like God is. See? So he's fighting a losing battle, but it appears like at times that he's winning because people won't spend time in the truth. David sought the Lord on the authority of the word. God heard him. Listen, not only did God hear him, but David knew God heard him. When you know God hears you, then you're not fighting with the flesh. You might look at the flesh, and you might think to yourself, more prayers needed. Somebody that's bothering you, some situation. That, I, I, I'm, I am literally convinced that every situation in life, every ugly situation in life, can be worked out through the authority of God's word. I'm convinced. I'm absolutely convinced it doesn't take any flesh and blood if we're willing to persevere. It takes patience. And it takes you not getting, allowing yourself to get in fear that it's not going to happen. Like I told you at the beginning of the service, man, you live in this kingdom, you got to grow a spine. I mean, you got to get tough because of the resistance that comes from what you see and hear. Man, that resistance is just overwhelming. The competition and the battle that there is trying to pull you down and suck life out of you is just, it's sometimes, I mean, I can, you know what? There's a lot of days I've come to the end of the day and I, 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 I'm really glad that the next thing I see is my pillow. <laughs> I'm tired of looking at people, dealing with stuff, this thing, that thing, whatever. But as I'm going to bed, I turn my word on, play word every night. Maybe I miss one every most of every night. Anyway, can't lie. Liars go to hell, right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But I turn my word on so that that's what I'm hearing. I wake up the next day, and what comes out of my mouth first thing, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice. I'll be glad in it, and I'm overcoming today. But, man, there's days. I mean, I'm telling you, you that's why you got to get tough because the days are evil right? The Bible says they are. They're evil. But it doesn't change it because we were created to overcome evil with good. But the reason we don't overcome evil with good, the reason we get mad at evil, we get mad at people that do evil things and bad things and ugly things and those kind of things, we get mad at them because we're in fear. And we really have to judge that in our own lives so that we can get free of that so it doesn't keep working on us and keeping us in bondage because everywhere it talks about fear, it talks about bondage. Always. Every time it talks about fear, or at times, if you look at the definition of the word fear, it always talks about dread. The thing that Job dreaded the most is what happened to him. But Job got delivered of the fear. And everything in his life was restored, restored twofold. Twofold. Double. Double came back to Job 
because he got rid of the fear. And it was a short period of time. He just decided, he made a decision. I'm not listening to any more family members. Forget the friends, all the guys, everybody. Forget it. God is who he said he is. I'm believing God. He was restored twofold. I don't know how that happens. That's just what God does. See, those things are already set in place. But what stymies God, can God be stopped or kept from doing a specific thing? Yes. In, In my life, he can be stopped because of me. He set it up that way. I'm not, I'm not directing God and saying, well, God can't do this. I'm saying God said that manifestations in our lives come from how we embrace his promises or not. And fear is the number one element that wants to keep you from embracing the promises of God and focused on the natural realm. So tonight I'm telling you, flesh is not your issue, principalities and powers are, but if you're not spending time in the truth, in all the different facets of God's truth, and developing that, then you can't overcome the natural, and your fight and battle will remain in the natural. That's just the way it works. I'm not believing that for you. Actually, I pray for you every day that you're getting out of that. How many believe in you are set free of that tonight? No more fear in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 10. Go back and read these passages because I don't have time to go through all of this tonight. But 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. And I'm going to read this in the um, New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 and 5. <clears throat> so, he talked about the weapons earlier. Okay? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds. And in verse 4, he says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy, verse 5, every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That's the whole process. The weapons of our warfare, they're not natural weapons. They're, they're, you know, uh, taking somebody out in the flesh that's made your life miserable for years. Taking them out in the flesh is not the answer. Using a natural weapon to to stop the, 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 the attacks and things that come against you from another human being, that's not the answer. See, because you could take a gun and shoot someone, take someone out of this life that's given you all kinds of trouble in life, but there'll be somebody just like that that'll surface again because it's a spiritual battle, it's not a natural battle. You you understand? Just using natural examples to make my point. But the spiritual battle is against the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness, the spiritual wickedness in high places. That battle against them... They can only be one with the Word of God. The armor of God that we t- just talked about, most of it's defensive, w- one 
peace is offensive. And the thing that's offensive is the word of truth. God's got the rest of us, of, the rest of us is covered if we're doing the truth. Then we know what to attack, not who to attack. I said we know what to attack, not who. My attack is in the spirit realm. My attack is done in my prayers and my declarations on a day-to-day basis, me praying in the spirit and knowing what God is saying. I just put this plug in. Uh, Usually once a year, we haven't done it in about a year and a half, we teach on the Holy Spirit and we'll do it on Wednesday night. This fall, we're going to teach on the Holy Spirit. God just gave me a directive in the last few days that we're going to teach on the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometime this fall on Wednesdays. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And we're going to talk somewhat about some of the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to go into as much detail as we've done in the past because you can go back in the past and listen to all those messages that we've done in the past. But God's given me something about that that's vital because without understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and how he operates in and through us, then, then our battle stays carnal. See, you can be born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can even know how to pray in other tongues and be losing the battle because you're still allowing the thoughts in your head to take precedence over what you know in your heart. There's a lot of people that I know that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit that don't pray in the Spirit at all anymore. I'm not just talking about a couple of people. I know a lot of people. They just don't put the emphasis there because it's almost like in their minds they've figured out how they're going to do this life now. The older they've got, they've kind of figured it out. That's the worst thing you can do. Don't ever figure this thing out. I mean, mean, when Moses was 80 years old, God said, okay, you're leading my people out. What? No, I'm, I'm ready for retirement. No, 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 you're leading my people out. All kinds of miracles and manifestations are going to happen through your life. And by the time that man was 120 years old, he was as strong as ever. His eyes were clear. He could see clearly. He could hear clearly. All his natural forces were intact at 120 years old. Why? Because he saw something at 80 years old he had never seen before, that God had a future and a vision. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what age you're at. There, There are some people that are ready to take their own lives at 20 years old because they think they've passed their time. I mean, that's, that's the way the devil lies. He's a liar and a cheat. That's right. And we're given in no place. Can you say amen? God needs you, your life, to be free of fear, to understand what that looks like, apply what you're hearing, listening to the word over and over again, meditating on it, applying it in situations to where you see yourself overcoming. You know what? If you're overcoming, people see you overcoming. Right. Oh, they see your life. You don't have to talk about it or anything else. They'll see you overcoming. God wants us overcoming. So, I mean, I could, sit, we, I could sit here for the next, you know, two or three hours and tell you about all the defeats I've had. Things that didn't work out the way I had expected them to work out. But is that what I'm going to focus on? No. no. Paul said one thing. Everybody say one thing. one thing. Paul said one thing I do. Forget what's behind. I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God the Father in Christ Jesus. I got a relationship with him 
that defeats all that stuff of the past. He knows you made the mistakes. He knows what you've done in the past. He's not focused on that, so why should I be? I mean, I'm not saying it's not easy. You could sit at a certain time and say, you know what? Man, I have such regret over that, and why did I do those things? And my gosh. And you could focus on that all day long. I'm not doing it. I'm not saying if, if you've done something that has hurt someone else, to have some arrogant attitude that, you know, I hurt you, but you know what, I'm over that. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about between you and God. And then I'm talking about what you talk and how you talk to other people. When you're past it, when the old things are in the past between you and God, then there may be somebody that you hurt that God says, I want you to go to that person. I want you to help that person. I want you to give that person. I want you to do something. It's not some arrogant attitude that I don't owe you. No. No, there are consequences to the mistakes we make. But God delivers us even of the consequences if we'll have relationship with him. And give fear no place to operate in our lives. Can you say amen to that? That's where we're at today, and that's what we've got to experience to give those thoughts that the enemy brings to our mind absolutely no place. Can you say amen? I've got two passages to end with, and I'm going to pick one. Eeny, meeny, miny, let's see. Matthew 6, I'm going to end with this. Matthew 6. Now, next week, this is one of the passages that I'm going to talk about next week for a little bit. But I'm going to finish with this today, focusing on just a couple things. But I'm going to read about eight verses here. Verse 25 of Matthew 6. That is why I tell you not to worry. What's worry? Fear. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, right here in these next few verses of Scripture, passage of Scripture right here, right here is your and my everyday life. Now, he, they mention certain things in here. You can put anything in here and apply it to your everyday life because that's what he's talking about. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear or if your bills are paid or this thing or that thing, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Question. The answer to that is yes, but is, that, is the answer to that yes from you? So you've got to be able to answer that truthfully from yourself. Look at the birds. It'd do you good sometimes to just go out somewhere and just sit and watch the birds. Watch, I mean, I've never met a stressed out bird. <laughs> never. I mean, they never, they never hang around long enough to even be able to talk to it, you know? Man, are the red birds gorgeous around here or what? Man, they're just gorgeous. And if you ever get one to stop long enough where you can see his little belly, you know, or her belly or whatever, I don't know the who's got the red or whatever, but... The male, yeah. <clears throat> but, but when you see their, their little red tummy, you know, and, and I mean, they're just, the red is like no other red. It's like, you know, if you, I put food coloring in my hummingbird feeder, you know, that's the ugliest looking red. 
But you see the red on that red bird? That's red. Huh? That's red from God. You understand? That food color red's from man. I mean, it, ultimately it's from God somewhere down there, but man screwed it all up and made it look ugly. Anyway, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? You know where a lot of people get super stressed? In trying to prepare for the future. Oh, the right investments, the right this, the right that, you know? And, and, and a lot of times, what are people afraid of? That they're going to lose their money. What did he say? Look at the birds. They don't do that. I didn't say don't invest. I'm telling you, don't be stressed out about it. <laughs> you know? How do you do that? You ask God what you to invest in. And then when you invest in it because God told you to, leave it. Yeah. Amen? Because your faith isn't in your investment. Your faith is in God prospering that. Amen. It's not what the investment will do for me. It's what God will do for me. But watching watching God tell me to do something and it produce, oh my gosh, right? God told me to tell you that we're going to do this first project, this provision project, and what happened? It happened just like God said. I'm not taking taking the credit for it. I'm not in pride about it. I'm just telling you, I know, my wife, I know we heard God tell us to do it this way. And it happened. You understand? So we don't get off in going overboard about it and, and rejoicing to, to the point that it's, you know, you get off into the flesh, but you rejoice because you hear God, you do what he says, and it produces. Amen. And I believe the birds just kind of do what God says. He said, look at them. They don't plant, they don't harvest, they don't store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? There lies the issue right there. Most people don't think they're more valuable to God than a bird. They may not think that, but they don't think of themselves valuable. They're intimidated. They're insecure, right? That's what life has done to so many people, all that stuff. God loves you so much more than the birds, and he takes care. One reason God can't take care of people sometimes is because they try too hard to take care of themselves. Can all your worries, which is fear, add a single moment to your life? Question? Answer? No. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And he's the richest man ever before... uh, you know, no one's ever matched the wealth of Solomon, ever, to this day. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why is it little faith? Because of fear, right? There's little faith because of fear. So how do we get rid of fear? We just try? No. We build our faith, right? Through what? The truth. And when I build my faith in the truth, 
that I have understanding and revelation of what the real battle is in life, and it's not flesh and blood, but it's the principalities, powers, and so on. Now watch this, and I'll end with these last two verses. So, everybody say so. Uh, where am I? 31. There we go. What am I in? Oh, I'm in the, I've been reading in the New Living Translation. That's why it didn't seem right. <clears throat> Therefore, I kind of like the so better. So, we'll say so. <clears throat> Don't worry saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? How am I going to figure this out? What about this situation? What about that investment? Oh, my God, what about this, that, and the other? That's how you stop fear right there. How? You shut your mouth. You only let God's word come out of your mouth. No matter what your head says, your head could be screaming, things are happening, it looks this way, that way, all this, you feel this way, this doesn't appear to be, shut it, shut it, shut it, shut it. Let God be for me, no matter who's against me. If God be for me, no matter what, nobody else can do anything. Amen? He'll never leave me, nor forsake me to the ends of the earth. I will say of the Lord that he has delivered me from all fear. Amen? Why? How? By not being in fear, saying, what about this, what about that, what about always questioning God. Verse 32. The, I, I love this, this verse. For after all these things, the Gentiles, the unsaved people seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is what? We read that earlier about the breastplate of righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his what? His righteousness, his truth. And all these things that everybody else seeks after and gets stressed out over and, you know, wore out over and all those kind of things, all these things will be added to you. A fear-free life creates addition to us. Every single thing that you desire that's really deep in your heart and it's a desire from God, the Bible says he brings it to pass. We don't have to fear a thing. I'm telling you, we don't have to fear a thing. But it starts with no more saying, why didn't this happen? What about this? Well, you know, I had enough last month, but I don't have enough this month. What about this thing and that thing? No, just worshiping and thanking God. God will show you what to do. There's things in the natural that you have to do. You can't just sit around and wait for something to fall out of the sky. There's things that you have to do. But what you have to get over is the element of stress and pressure and worry and fearfulness that's trying to grip you to keep you from being able to hear God. That's that's what I'm convinced of, that most people just don't understand. They don't see. They don't understand that they're not hearing from God to know how to battle the things in life. So we find ourselves battling the flesh instead of hearing the word, meditating the word, learning to hear the voice of God, 
Learning to hear from God what he wants us to do and then doing what he says. And the deal with that is that just takes time and it takes patience. And yet, the prayer I pray for you every day is that you'll do that. You'll have steadfastness and patience with joy. Steadfastness and patience with joy. That's the prayer in Colossians 1. Steadfastness and patience with joy. That you stick with it until you see it happen. Can you say amen to that?